0: and welcome to Apartment 29A. I'm Shosh. And I'm Megan. And we're two best friends who have a lot to say.
1: This week we are going to drink Bold Green Chai from the Republic of Tea. While we talk about the podcast, focus on this, the book trilogy that starts with Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. Then we'll end with things we can't stop thinking about this week, which for me has been the struggle with food decisions. And with Shosh has been virtual communication. All right, let's try this tea. I haven't tried it yet. I haven't either.
0: We don't usually do um mm. tastes while recording. I know,
1: right? Live tries. Smells good. Smells smell like good. Chai. the tea bag
0: didn't have a lot of smell and then I actually took a really big sniff of it and kind of made myself cough <laughs> but yeah
1: yeah it the, the tea bag yeah. didn't
0: have a lot but the tea itself smells really good mm-hmm. oh that's nice very nice I have to say I'm always a little bit worried not worried but a little unsure if I like chai mm-hmm. and this one's really really good yeah I really like this one yeah, this has a nice flavor. Mm-hmm. This is a Republic of Tea tea. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I left the tea bag in rather than pulling it out because I find mm-hmm. most of them are
1: weak, as we have mentioned before. So this says it's certified elephant friendly, but I didn't know there was any chai tea that would be anti elephant. Not elephant friendly? Yeah, yeah. neither. Says it's full bodied, biodynamic indian green tea enlivened with cinnamon ginger cardamom and clove it's a low caffeine spicy smooth chai they say you could also serve it over ice
0: i feel like that could actually be good yeah i wouldn't normally say that for a chai but i think because it's a green chai Mm-hmm.
1: and just because it's such a good flavor Yeah.
0: I think maybe that's part of the reason I like this so much is because it is green tea. I'm not sure I've actually had a green tea chai before. I feel like they almost always are made with black
1: tea. And we have one of those too. So we can maybe do that one next week and compare.
0: Yeah, for sure. We have a
1: bold black chai too. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think this is a win. Yes. Which is surprising. Not that I don't like chai, but Last week, we tasted the, you know, Roybose passion fruit that I thought was going to be amazing and was not. And this was green chai that I was like, eh, it's chai. And now I'm like, ooh, I want this one all the time. It's so good. It is surprising. I mm-hmm. like it. I do too. All right. Well, we're going to talk about a podcast called Focus on This This podcast was introduced to me by a friend in the planner community that I'm a part of on Instagram, and it is associated with a planner, but I don't remember which one. So sorry, guys, fully focused, focused planner. I don't know. Planner has the word focus on it. So maybe their advertising is maybe not working the way they would like if I can't remember the name, but you shouldn't. I mean, me and nouns... Don't base your advertising on whether or not me, who can't remember, can barely remember like my own name, is going to remember your product. So, but they uh, call themselves the the most productive podcast on the internet, which seems like a very bold claim to me. It was cute though. Right?
0: Even if it might not be true, I thought it was kind of cute.
1: (laughs) Yes. And this episode was based, is titled, You Are Who You Are With. And so they were essentially talking about how the how your community affects your productivity or lack thereof so what did you think Shosh this is your first time
0: um I don't really have any strong feelings one way or the other on this one I thought the hosts were fine like I didn't love them or hate them they were they were good and he was short and sweet which I appreciated cuz you know what I mean we did it wasn't like it they it was a big long drawn out podcast <laughs> right now or anything <laughs> not that long podcasts are bad if they've got stuff to say i don't mean that it's just you know it was right. nice and short and sweet um and it had some good points i mean i don't think it was anything like revolutionary but i mean i agree with what they were saying mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, and they had some different examples about um you know their communities and how that affected them or whatever in particular Mm -hmm. a lot of it having to do with music um but yeah so I mean I thought what they were saying made sense again I don't have any strong feelings one way or the other if you were to say let's listen to another episode I would say sure but I also don't think I would probably subscribe so I was I don't want to say indifferent I mean it was it was good good for a listen Mm -hmm. um but like I said I just don't think I have really strong feelings one way or the other but but yeah it was enjoyable for this yeah what about you is this one that's like a solid podcast
1: and ABC scale yeah, yeah
0: is this uh one you listen to regularly
1: it is in large part because it is always pretty short like usually and I can't remember one that was more than 20 minutes and because I listened to it on double speed. That means I can't remember one that was more than like 10. And they do have a lot of commercials, which is fine, but it means it's more like seven minutes of listening because they have so many commercials, which I find a little annoying, but it's easy to fast forward through. This episode I just enjoyed because it, it A, helps expand the idea of productivity and creativity because they were talking so much about music and music as a form of well, as a career, I guess you would say. And it's so easy for people to think about things like music or the aspects of creativity as more of a hobby and less of a career. I always appreciate the career reminders. And then in this case, I just really appreciate being reminded of that you are not creating alone. So, yeah. Yeah, that's
0: a nice idea. Or yeah. reminder, I guess. Not the mm-hmm. idea,
1: but. Yeah. Because it's easy yeah. to think about the fact that much of creativity, like depending on your hobby or your activity or your career, um, is solitary in some ways so we like you and me like we'll do like knitting or cross stitch or you know for me like it's been diamond painting and I don't need anybody else to do those things but I wouldn't do a podcast by myself per se so doing the podcast with you which now like if I needed to do a podcast for my own like mfat coaching i'd feel comfortable doing it and if i had to do an episode by myself that would be fine but it would be the community aspect of it that would keep it going not just i enjoy talking to myself on a zoom session and then editing that (laughs) later right
0: but even some of those solitary ones are still nice when you can either talk to other people about them you know like Mm -hmm. other people who say knit or when you can do them together even though you don't actually need other people and they can be done by themselves so Mm -hmm. i think it's always nice when you can have some kind of community around whatever creative endeavor you're taking on
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean like it always makes me think of the communities that are that find each other online and how in some ways that's like truly beautiful and wonderful when the community is like a planner community and what do we do we decorate pages kind of like a scrapbook except we're not necessarily talking about the past or planning the future type thing but then I always think about yeah but there's also groups of people who come online too like in their community is just hateful you know what I mean I'm like don't ruin this really beautiful thing. <laughs> I know
0: there's so much potential, but depending on how it's used, mm-hmm. it always doesn't
1: doesn't always play out that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it was a good for me to be. It was good for me to be reminded that there is. It does take a community. So, like even with this podcast. Like my husband made breakfast this morning and provided it to me so that I could record when on a traditional Saturday, we would make that breakfast together. And so it's just nice to have, exactly. It's just nice to have, you know, a supportive husband who's like, yeah, that's okay. Do this. And, you know, we'll, we'll make lunch together. We'll, we have dinner plans. So it's not like he's not going to get to see me, but it is good to acknowledge the support system that is sometimes easily overlooked definitely
0: and my husband is watching a baby right now (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that we can
1: attempt to record without interruptions (laughs) right and it's not like I couldn't do this podcast if I didn't eat breakfast or like we couldn't do this podcast if Ronan was around we've done all those things it's just nice to have the support from our community and it's like yeah definitely yep so it was a nice reminder
0: yeah agreed for sure all right do you want to tell everybody about discovery of witches
1: i do especially since this is one of your favorites it is so if you listen to last week's episode where we talked about you know, movies we'd be buried with, this is definitely a book I would be buried with because I have read it multiple times and fell in love with it because when I was reading it the first time, I was essentially live posting it when, like, way before live posts were you know, a thing that people did. So I just kept giving updates on how good the book was. And eventually the author wrote back to me, like replied to my messages. She's like, I'm so glad you're loving it. Keep them coming. I really enjoy hearing how like your, your response to it. And while there's a good likelihood that that was like a publishing team and not her, I'm still going to believe that because it was early enough on in the internet, that it was truly her And how much fun is it that the author was like, oh my God, I love listening to you. Tell me how you like my books. So it was- No, it's awesome. Even if it was a publishing team, it's awesome. (laughs) Right? All right. So the Goodreads description of A Discovery Witches by Deborah Harkness reads like this. A richly inventive novel about a centuries-old vampire, a spellbound witch, And the mysterious manuscript that draws them together. Deep in the stacks of Oxford's Bodleian Library, young scholar Diana Bishop unwittingly calls up a bewitched alchemical manuscript in the course of her research. Descended from an old and distinguished line of witches, Diana wants nothing to do with sorcery. So after a furtive glance and a few notes, she banishes the book back to the stacks. But her discovery sets a fantastical underworld stirring, and a horde of demons, witches, and vampires soon descends upon the library. Diana has stumbled upon a coveted treasure lost for centuries, and she is the only creature who can break its spell. Debut novelist Deborah Harkness has crafted a mesmerizing and addictive read, equal parts history and magic, romance and suspense. Diana is a bold heroine who meets her equal in vampire geneticist Matthew Claremont and gradually warms up to him as their alliance deepens into an intimacy that violates age-old taboos. The smart, sophisticated story harks back to the novels of Anne Rice, but it is as contemporary and sensual as the Twilight series with an extra serving of historical realism. It's a deep summary. Oh my gosh,
0: this trilogy is so good is so good. So good.
1: I don't even know exactly how. So, okay. One of my favorite parts about this whole trilogy, but starting with the first book, is that Deborah Harkness has a way of taking every theory, every stereotype, I guess you'd say, of vampires and providing a rational explanation of it. So they're all included, so everything from garlic to sleeping in coffins, like every stereotype you could ever have thought of, at least prior to these books coming out in, looks like, let's see, when did it come out originally? 2011. Uh, She has a rational and beautiful, like just so like quirky and fun explanation for And that was like that part is just a lot of fun. Yeah, that is fun.
0: I started reading these books a while ago (laughs) because Megan loved them so much. And somehow I got through book one really easily. And then somewhere in book two, I don't even know why. I don't even remember. I somehow stopped reading it and never finished. Mm-hmm. So then Megan was like, we need to finish these. We need to fix this. Yes, so please. we decided to read them for book club. And so I finally got to find out what happens. <laughs> and I do think the first book is probably my favorite. It's really easy to get into. It's You fly through it. It's really mm-hmm. enjoyable. I really love sort of the interactions and the developing relationship between the main characters and everything that's happening in the first one. But the trilogy is great. The whole Mm -hmm. story is really good. And like I said, I was just really happy to finally know what happened at the (laughs) end. Yep. I feel like it has some of everything. It's like really smart and has a lot of, you know, really sort of intellectual things. It has a lot of history has a lot of action, has some drama, has mm-hmm. some surprises. I feel like it's really just like a well-rounded story. It's got like, like I said, it's got a little
1: bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then there are parts that I don't love as much as others. Like some of the more like supernatural aspects of like the text and where the text ends up. Like those things are not my favorite, but. I love all the discussion of biology and genetics. I love the relationships between all the characters. I love like magical aspects, witches being able to do all the things witches can do.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel you on all that for sure.
1: Yeah. For sure. So for me, it's not like Twilight where I hated book four of Twilight. Absolutely. Like it, I was like it just doesn't even make sense biologically all the things that happened in book four um so it's not like that but it like why for me book three walks right up to that line of like just a little too ridiculous but she doesn't cross it so it's okay it's fine yeah
0: well, i think that's part of why the first one is my favorite mm-hmm. it's just the easiest to get through everything about it feels really like good and makes sense again you're starting to get all the relationships mm-hmm. and then after that it's not that they're bad but I don't know book two feels a bit slower has kind it of like is a, book a totally, two is
1: where she's like hey by the way I'm a historian <laughs>
0: yeah like, so it's not oh, bad, okay history professor like,
1: yeah a bit a bit
0: more and a bit slower mm-hmm. and then book three like you said it does kind of push the uh, The boundaries a little bit but Mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't really exceed them but yeah it gets Mm -hmm. right up to that line of where you're like "Eh, I almost don't like you but right it's okay yeah but the the, but the story as a whole like when you put them all together is still really really great but yeah yeah. the, the first book is definitely
1: my favorite though yeah mine too I think if you are someone who really loves historical fiction you're gonna find book two to be the best Mm -hmm. It really is the most historically accurate and historical fiction of the three in large part because they, you know, there is a historical piece to it (laughs) versus, you know, books one and three happen in modern times. So harder, harder to be historical when you're talking about a either current or future time, depending on when you think they're. Uh, making their discoveries but yeah this these books will just always have a little little piece of my heart and then I've also seen the author in person and have her signature and her picture with me somewhere that's awesome yeah
0: and supposedly there's a spinoff coming right a book that goes along with this
1: yeah so she's already written one of them it's called times convert so there's this trilogy and then there's a book that's based off of one of the main characters i forgot that it was already out in my head it was coming out
0: i still need to read
1: that one yeah so i'm trying to remember it's marcus so matthew's i think matthew's son is that right Mm -hmm. i think that's right so, Times Convert is all about Marcus, and then there is another book coming out, but it has it doesn't have a it doesn't have a date or a name, and I'm not sure which other, but it'll be another one of the characters from the original trilogy. But uh, Deborah Harkness has. Um, You could say taken some time off. That's not quite right. Uh, She's been battling cancer. So she, I'm I'm 90% positive that she is in remission, Um, but you can give her some grace because, you know, she was going through chemo and surgeries and, you know, and that's after she was making her TV show based off the, off the books and yoga um like is a prominent piece of particularly book one but these trilogies and she's been kind of joking about how important yoga has become as part of her recovery (laughs) she's like i am diana (laughs)
0: that's funny well i'm very glad that she recovered and i'm looking forward to whatever she comes out with next
1: yes all right. Any last thoughts on Discovery of Witches? Nope. Five stars. Everyone should read it unless you don't like good books and then don't read it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Everyone should read it unless you don't like good books. Perfect. <laughs> we don't need to see any say anything else. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Do you want to tell us why you can't stop thinking
1: about your food decisions? All right. So I I just have a an almost daily struggle with food decisions. I don't like deciding what to eat. I don't like deciding what to eat ahead of time because I never know if all of a sudden I'm going to get a craving and then I'm going to want something specific instead of whatever I planned. But I can't wait every day to like see if I'm going to get a craving because sometimes I don't get a craving. I can't. And so then it's like, do I just try and make a bunch of food that I might be willing to eat? I don't know. So food is just hard. And we have to make these decisions three times a day. And I realize that I am someone who for the most part, if I don't have the intention of doing something, like if I don't, not schedule, but if I don't remember that I'm supposed to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I may not do it at all until I get really hungry and then cranky. And then like, it's hard to make decisions when you're hungry and cranky because then you're just hungry and cranky. And so then just, I tend to just eat whatever is easily accessible in the fridge, which is oftentimes like chips and salsa (laughs) because chips and salsa are tasty and require no work.
0: So I just, yeah, I just really struggle with food decisions. I feel you a bit, I mean, I'm not to the same degree, but we get recipe boxes for that very reason, because I'm very bad at planning ahead for meals and making decisions about what to eat. And then that means you end up defaulting to the same like five super easy meals because you just can't think of anything or don't have time to plan something. So we started getting recipe boxes so that essentially I don't have to do that. So not to the same degree, and I get hangry, so I definitely will not be skipping a meal. I will definitely be remembering my meals, but but I do know what you mean when you get really hungry and cranky and then you just eat whatever's there. Mm -hmm. I do that too.
1: Yeah. My problem is I don't actually get that cranky. I just get really tired and kind of sluggish. And then like the idea of even opening the fridge all of a sudden sounds really hard. (laughs) I guess I worked out this morning and lifted weights, but opening the fridge
0: I don't know if I can do that (laughs) yeah see not me I definitely suffer from the hanger I definitely get cranky we
1: know (laughs) for sure yep and I like I I know that I'm happier when I have not necessarily planned out meals but planned on having things in the house that I can easily grab whether the that's something simple like grapes or you know a snack that i take with me like almonds or something so i know i'm happier if i prepare but that so far hasn't been motivation enough to actually do that so yeah i just yeah sometimes i wish there was just a little pill that i could take and it would have all the proper nutrients and uh, everything that my body needs and then I could just do that and keep going on with life but I also really like food so like don't I wouldn't actually want to do that because I also really like going to, to new restaurants and trying new foods and I would love to be I'm not a food critic because I think I'd have to increase my vocabulary in ways that I don't currently have but I would like to eat with a food critic so that I could eat all the new food, try the Michelin star food, all the things. All the things.
0: Yeah, I like to eat also, but I'm a bit pickier than you. So I don't think I could be the food critic or go to the uh, <laughs> Michelin star restaurants because a lot of the really fancy restaurants and the Michelin star ones, they have set menus. And I find right. that a lot of times there's stuff I won't eat on them. Right. So that doesn't work for me. But, yep.
1: but I like the idea of eating all the food. <laughs> yep. So. so I just haven't found the solution to my struggles yet. Sorry, I wish I could help. You could try a recipe box. That's about all I've got. <laughs> yeah, we have. we've done that. We did... I think Blue Apron was the one we did for a little while and it was good but it didn't give us any leftovers which is fine but it meant that it it just meant that like all of a sudden my struggles for lunch increased instead of just being able to eat leftovers and sometimes it wasn't enough food because Jeremy works out and needs to eat more. You could do,
0: I'm assuming Blue Apron has the option to do different size boxes. You could do the box for four people. So then he could have a little bit extra food at dinner and then you would have leftovers for lunch.
1: Yeah, we can look into that. I don't remember what the options are anymore. I'm just assuming because that's how mine is, two person or four person.
0: So that's all I've got. That's my my best advice. (laughs) That's (laughs) all the help I have. Yeah, i don't know if it'll actually help but that's what i've got
1: yeah i don't know either but we'll look into it i'll let you know well good if luck anyone has any good ideas let me know but i can't be planning because i've already done that and it didn't work it's
0: interesting that you don't like planning when you're such a planner
1: you know maybe
0: you need a planner just for food planning maybe
1: that would make it more fun I could try that. I do have um, like three, no, four currently unused planners.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know if it would help, but I just mean maybe if it feels more like something fun that you like to do rather than like a chore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I try to, I've tried something where I've been more flexible where I just like write down the proteins and the vegetables that are in the house. So then I can make meals from them and be a bit more flexible. And that kind of helps. But then it kind of doesn't, I still have to cook the food. <laughs> or not, or yeah, it's just, I'm sure I'm just being a big baby, but so many decisions.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. See, I like it because my box has an app, and so I just go on and I pick all the recipes on my app, and then they just show
1: up. Nice. So. Yeah, we can try that for a while. Well, good luck. But definitely keep eating. (laughs) Yes, no, if I don't eat, it's not good, so that I just slow down even more, and the whole. Part of the point is that I don't want to slow down so I can't I can't not eat I know that
0: well I hope you can but, come up with a solution
1: yeah I just want everything to come pre-made preheated
0: <laughs> and to just and like serve to you on a silver mm-hmm, platter
1: exactly I just wish I was a witch and I could twinkle my nose and it would all happen and you could just hire amazing. a chef
0: that would also solve the problem.
1: That would solve the problem. Hmm. I like this idea. I just don't have the money for this <laughs> idea. Anyone who wants to work for free to make food <laughs> for me. <laughs> it could happen. I have very few limitations. I just don't eat beans. <laughs> All right. Tell us about virtual communication and why you can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop thinking about it because
0: essentially it is what allows me to be connected to everybody. So we're in the UK essentially on our own and, you know, virtual communication allows me to record this podcast with Megan, who's in Mm -hmm, California. mm -hmm. And importantly, it also allows me to keep in touch with my family. Well, Megan counts as family also. The rest of your family. (laughs) But, you know, important friends and family. And it's just really, I don't know, it's just really amazing because obviously it didn't used to be so easy to keep in touch. Obviously we weren't as far away, but even when we were in Chicago, before we moved to the UK, we weren't nearly using technology the way that we do now. And just all the different ways that we could now virtually communicate allow us to essentially, I don't know. I mean, it's not the same as being in the same place with people, but it still feels like you're kind of maintaining a connection and aren't quite as far away. Mm -hmm. So... And it's very important, obviously, for nieces and nephews, because we want them to know us, you know, it's a little bit different, you know, like Megan and I, for example, we have an established relationship. So if we weren't seeing each other or talking all the time, it wouldn't necessarily change the relationship because we still know each other. So then when we would get to talk, it would be fine. We just pick up where we left off. But, you know, when you've got kids that are growing and are still like learning you and developing those relationships, you don't want to just be out of the picture. You want them to see you and know you and talk to you. And it's just really amazing that we can do those things. And my nephew just started crawling And so I was able to see him crawl on video, which is amazing. So it's like those things that I'm just particularly thankful for. And because Mm -hmm. I just got to see my nephew crawl for the first time, that's why I was thinking about it um, now. I mean, obviously it's something we've, I think, talked about a bit in the past. And, you know, I think about a lot because we're far away from all our family because we're using all those different types of virtual communication, but yeah, it's just really great. And I love Mm -hmm. that it's available. It'd be a lot harder to be far away from everybody if
1: we didn't have those options. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny because you can think about what I just thought about, I should say. When I grew up, my dad did a lot of camcording, like recording concerts, recording all of these things. And it's not like you wouldn't do that these days. You would still you know when your nieces and nephews get a little older and are in shows you're still going to want to see those recordings but you'll probably also get them closer to the time like we would watch those recordings at Christmas or at Easter like when the whole family was together when we were with my grandma and now you know you can just watch a you know, a Facebook live or a Facebook story, and you'll be able to see your niece and nephew in action. I'll be able to see Ronan doing things, you know, if not live, like very close to live. Right. But you could see like why it was so important for people in the past to have those like recordings. And it's not like we don't, they're not important now. It's just like the kind of precursor to what we have now. Yeah. And why that was so important.
0: No, you are right. I wasn't even thinking about it in terms of that, but yeah. Like when my niece has a dance recital, we'll get video either the day of the recital or like the next day. Mm hmm So like you said, it's just everything sort of at your fingertips a bit
1: more. Mm Mm-hmm. Which kind of goes back to the podcast of the community, Hmm. like you're able to you know, maintain those relationships and feel like you are part of the the community that is your family, which you're always a part of, you can't, really can't disown your family, even if you have members of them that you don't talk to, they're still your family. They're technically your
0: family, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: But you can feel the community within the family because you get to talk to them, see them, video with them.
0: Well, and even other communities, because like, for example, you get on with planner people that you don't even know outside of the virtual world really. And Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Have a planner community online. So it allows you even in, you know, some of those a little more non-traditional senses to Mm -hmm. have different community relationships and stuff.
1: So yeah. Yep working with clients I can coach people with video they don't need to be in the state of California or even San Diego they can they can be worldwide yep it's amazing how that works
0: meetings and stuff Mm -hmm. with people in different countries yep so yep technology's come a long way this makes me sound old right now (laughs) but technology's (laughs) come a long way and it's so amazing
1: yeah. I mean, we are of the generation that like when we went when we started school, we didn't have computers. When we ended school, we all had computers or computer classes at least. And the computer may not be in your house, but
0: yeah. No, that's true though. I remember uh going from like Oregon Trail to having it in your house sitting on AOL Instant Messenger for hours. Mm-hmm. The yep. good old dial up sound. Oh my god. Yep. And we are old. We need to stop now. We're we're yep. literally dating ourselves right now.
1: <laughs> well in the
0: podcast, quick.
1: <laughs> if you struggle with food decisions or you have thoughts about virtual communications let us know. You can reach out to us on Instagram at apartment29a, spelled all the way out, or you can email us at apt29a at gmail.com. Let us know your suggestions.
0: Bye, everyone.
1: Bye.